everybody. Welcome to Picking Up Chicken Wings, where we talk all things nothing and we connect the stride community. Today, Amy and I have Jess Sowers with us. Um, yeah, so let's just jump right in. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're going to jump right into it. Um, Jess, tell us how, like, what's your story? Go ahead and do whatever you want. Professional, personal, everything in between. That's really funny because when I've been listening to these and I hear you ask people that, I'm like, oh, I hope she doesn't ask me that. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just, I don't, I don't like big questions like that, but I don't know. I, what do you want to know? <laughs> I want to know first. Okay. So you just forewarned us that you might have some dogs barking um, happening right now because of the chaos that is going on across your, or outside your window at the neighbor's house. Tell me, so you are a dog lover. Are you an all animal lover? Uh, mostly, um, other than snakes. I can't do snakes. So, okay. So then when you say you have two dogs, what kind of dogs do you have? Um, we have a little dog, Hammy. He's a Pomeranian Chihuahua. And we have a big dog, Dexter, our Black Lab. And they are everything you think they would be based on their breeds. Sammy's a little twelve. It's just a little Spitfire. All my friends that have met him think he's evil, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> he likes me, so that's what matters. <laughs> Did they both come to be for like he in your home at the same time? Did you have one first and then the other? Yeah, my husband actually had Dexter when I met him and he was just a little puppy. And then we got Hammy a year into our relationship. So we brought Hammy home and Dexter was, yeah, a year or two old at that point, but they're the best of friends now. Also, now? You yeah. did not start out that way? Uh, well, Hammy doesn't do well with other dogs. <laughs> so that was uh, interesting at first, but yeah, no, now they, they're like brothers, you know, they fight sometimes, but <laughs> it's mostly loving. I was waiting for Amy. I'm like, I feel like I talk all the time when, <laughs> when I'm, trying, I'm trying something new today. I'm trying to be quiet. <laughs> no, don't try that. <laughs> I make an amazing second mic. Like I'm like Ed McMahon to your Johnny Carson. So, or, you know, however that would work. Um, well, as you were talking, I was trying to think about how long you've been at Stride. And it I know it's not been that long, but you, um, like Allie, we talked about in her episode, you have been down in my area. So I tend to see you more than I see a lot of people. So I feel like you've been there longer than I know that you have. Maybe because yeah. you go away. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably part of it. No. <laughs> Um, again, another question I don't like answering just because it's so complicated. Like I started at Stride in the middle of a school year. Um, so technically this is my fourth school year, school year, but the year that I started the 17, 18 year, I started in February. So I was only there February, March, April, May, like the last half of the school year. And like, it, it basically was just me like getting in there. I spend a lot of time like 
in classrooms, seeing what people do, meeting the teachers. Like, I feel like I didn't do much. And then let's see, the 1920 school year, I was there part-time. So I was only there on Tuesdays and Thursdays um, and Friday, half days. And then, yeah, I was going to school and all these other things. And then this last school year, so the, what school year, the nine, no, <laughs> wait, help me out. <laughs> Hey, I don't even know what day it is. It was 1819. Yeah, yes. Yes. And now 1920. Yeah, what you said. So school year was my first year being there full time, Monday through Friday. Um, So it kind of felt like my first year there, even though it really wasn't. Um, And then COVID. So (laughs) I was, you know, full time. And then we stopped going to school in March. And now here we are this school year and it's distance learning. So I have not had a full-time normal year, but technically this is my fourth school year here. So it's been interesting to say the least. I don't know. So whenever someone asks me how long I've been at my job, it's like, uh, I feel like I have to explain. (laughs) I started in March of a March of a school year as well. And it always throws me off too. And I save our badges so that I can look back because I'm constantly like, oh, I don't know, hang on. And then I'll quick look down and look through all my badges like, oh, I started in this year. And so I'm going to have to make a fake one for 2020 if we don't get them because it's going to throw me way off. That's funny. I was just thinking about that. Do we even get any badges this year? Do we have to take our own pictures? Yeah, (laughs) I wondered about that. That'll be an interesting yearbook or, you know, like our uh, school photo sort of a thing. I think it would be really fun. And maybe Katie's listening. Um, One time we, for roller derby, we didn't have our photographer. um, We didn't have a photographer. And so we all took Snapchat selfies (laughs) and used those. And it was a hilarious program. So I think that we should let all the kids do Snapchat photos, put those in the yearbook, and it'll be the best yearbook You'll get all their pictures with the filters, with the dog tongue sticking out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> that's what this year needs is like yes, good humor and just like the upside down. So. This year needs a filter. That's yes. <laughs> yeah. Dog it does. <laughs> right? Because everybody it's a real ugly that. year. <laughs> yeah. Right. So this year needs some sort of a filter going on. Oh, very funny. Hallelujah. Right. Yeah. Um, So, okay. I am not going to ask you any generic or general questions (laughs) because I'm noticing something and I wanted to make sure that this was shared because you and I totally nerded out. We are starting that onward book study, but Amy, you also did this, the personality, this, the personality test. And so you just took it and you were the same as me. Right. So I am FJ is that what we are INFJ I'm pretty sure yes okay Amy you are the same as us with the exception of the very first letter you are yes and FJ and I believe the protagonist I believe is one (laughs) (laughs) so I mean it's introvert extrovert and what I'm noticing so like in our previous um conversations that we had like the others totally took the chat and ran with it. And with you, Jess, it's like, okay, so what else can I ask you about? And so I I just wanted to point that out because it's so, 
interesting. Like when I saw you last year, it was your first full-time year and I, it was my first year and I was not even half time. Um, but I really did notice the, what you said, where you weren't really in your space that much. You were out and about. And it seems to me that as much as you are very quiet, very introverted, you are driven by helping support others or helping others see the light within themselves or whatever it might be. It's like, it's like you're this like, okay, don't take this offensively, but you like beneath the surface of a, like you're kind of like, you're a I wish everyone could see what you just did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For those of you who are listening, my hands are like, I'm trying to peek above my hands or, or like peek above, like I'm hiding beneath the water, like an alligator with my eyes of just above or something. But, but that's really what you remind. You're like a very quiet um, leader where you don't like to be out in the open and you're not, you know, you're not that extrovert, but you make such a tremendous impact because of that commitment that you have and that that passion that fuels you yeah did I accurately yeah. okay I was gonna say because yeah I, I identify with it too I don't I don't know people would think for me that I'm an extrovert but I'm certainly like once we're done here I'm gonna crawl in the fetal position on the bed for about half yeah I'd be lying if I said I wasn't sweating right now like yeah. me too <laughs> me too I just yeah I don't know I I thrive in like the small group setting, you know, just like smaller, intimate relationships. I mean, it's in that thing, like that personality test I did hit the nail on the head. Like I would rather have a few close friends than a ton of maybe not as close friends. I don't know. It's just, I'm an observer, kind of like you said, I guess. I don't know. I just, I kind of hang back until I know someone's safe, I guess. And then you know, once I get to know you, it's like all bets are off, whatever. I'm totally, but I don't know. I guess I kind of just like to save that for, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, the right people, people who appreciate it. And I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know. I guess I'm different in that way. And I do feel like a lot of people at Stride are very like out there and open, which is nice for people like me, because then I know like it's safe to, you know, kind of like Amy talked about, you know, when people put themselves out there, it kind of is like, it gives other people who maybe aren't like that, that chance to kind of be like, oh, okay, I can be like that too, you know? Yeah. So just now that, you know, you, you help our kids get through some sticky situations um, in their everyday lives. And now that COVID is happening, um, can you explain what that looks like to people now? Cause I'm assuming you're doing some sort of tele health and what maybe the the challenges are in that or the some of the ways that we could help maybe our kids over the over zoom because I think a lot of people are struggling with how do you find a deeper connection with somebody even in a small group when there's a screen in between you <laughs> that's a big question do it <laughs> And you have no, the answer. I, you know what? I, I don't know. And I'm not afraid to say I don't know because I think every day that's like my bigger purpose here is trying to find what's working, what's not working. Every day I get on Zoom and I'm like, let's try this today. Let's try that today. You know, and I just, 
I'm still looking and searching because I think in the spring, Zoom wasn't a thing. Like when we were doing this in the spring, a lot of my families didn't have Zoom yet. You know, they weren't doing the Google Meet stuff. It was a lot of phone calls, which was hard, but it was a lot of, hey, how are you doing? What do you need? Okay. You know, but now that we have Zoom, I feel like I finally have this chance to like, I don't know. It's different, but I still don't know. And I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me, and I've kind of told a couple people this, is just meeting those kids where they're at. You know, and I, um, I so I'm licensed in social work. And for that license, I have to receive supervision. Um, and my supervisor actually doesn't work at Stride, but she is a school social worker. And we were talking. And I think the more you push them to like, do things that they don't want to do, the more they kind of like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. So I just, you know, I see where they're at that day. And um, I had a kid who's like, I'm not doing anything today. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to put this video on for me then. And, you know, if you want to watch it, you can. And then by the end of it, he's talking. And, you know, I feel like it's just all about finding day by day. And I haven't found like one thing that works for every kid. And I don't know that I ever will. <laughs> I feel like I'm not answering your question, but. No, but I think you are because that, that is, I mean, I think right. That a lot of the answer is that we, we don't know this is uncharted territory for everybody, but it's nice to hear that from somebody who would be, who would specialize in that kind of thing, because as a teacher, as a para, you're sitting there kind of beating yourself up going, I'm not reaching these kids. What can I do to reach these kids? If only, you know, I've heard in, you know, PLCs, if I only knew a way to reach the kids. Well, and now if, you know, if you can hear from the school social worker that we don't know how to reach the kids, nobody does because this has not been, it's, it's not, we're in unprecedented times. Um, Nobody knows what's happening. So, you know, I think that the advice of meeting kids where they're at and not trying to push them is rough, you know, because we all want to, to push. We, I've, teachers want the children to learn what they would have learned in a regular year. And they are not learning that. We are not reaching their need, you know, reaching their needs. We are not having our needs met but that's because our expectations need to change. So, totally. yeah, you know, and if, I yeah, you know. I face the same problems that the teachers do with kids not showing up to Zooms and you know, I mean, I think we're all going through it and I, I think the only advantage I have, I guess over a classroom teacher is I mean, I I have I guess maybe a little bit more time to reach out to families or you know, I work with kids more one-on-one. I don't have an entire classroom to worry about. And I think that's something that, you know, the teachers have, you know, they can't call home to every parent every single night, every time a kid doesn't show up. So I feel like I'm kind of, I try really hard to be that support for teachers in that way. You know, if you're having problems reaching a family, let me know, maybe I can help some more or, you know, I don't know. It's, we talk a lot about, you know, this isn't your kid or my kid, it's our kid, you know, like we're all on the same team. We all want the same thing for these kids. So Yeah. But it's hard. I also have to say too um, that I, Amy, that was 
just genius to bring in the the piece where there is no magic answer and we're hearing it straight from maybe the person who all of us would be like what is the answer you know and yeah, no pressure <laughs> <laughs> but what's really neat and you know prior to us starting to record you were sharing just that you were using something that Ruth had shared in the back to school and so it becomes a not a nobody has the answer so that's just the way it's going to be to nobody knows the answer but we we can continue to actively try things and see things because there there might be an answer hidden somewhere in there um and so i the fact that too if teachers are concerned or they you know want to um try to connect closer with a student or their family they have you and they have you to to go to with that, like not necessarily for the answers, but for ideas, either that they can try or that you can you can help support in trying that too. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I do have to say, like, my work and what I'm doing is vastly different than how it would look if we were in the building. You know, I have kids and a lot of times I help kids on things that are going on at home. Well, now I'm helping them with the parent in the background or sitting right there. And it just it's a whole different take on how we would normally do things. So I've had to adjust, you know, some things I might've done in school that now maybe isn't maybe appropriate or, you know, would work the best right now. So I don't know. It's just been. Can you just Okay. So I'm really curious now because you just brought something up where I didn't really realize, or it, it didn't quite hit me until I was, um, working or doing a, an SEL lesson with a group of kinders. I don't know if it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, but here I was trying to show emotion just through my facial expressions and have them think about what that might be telling them in terms of, you know, for social awareness piece. And I am like, just like grotesquely <laughs> showing <laughs> these awkward faces. And suddenly in one of the screens, there is a parent that kind of goes like really close into the screen. And I see their face look at me too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you now, you know, we always, I always thought you kind of, you teach in a way that you feel, I know this sounds harsh, but you feel like you're under a microscope because you know, you need to be cognizant and conscious of what you're saying to kids and how you're, you know, trying to promote equity and, and um, diversity. But now you really are under a microscope. You have more than your students watching you at times. So are you noticing, for me, I'm one of those people that, okay, that hit me hard and it kind of caused a little bit of fear or, oh my gosh, but then it turned into maybe I can do some modeling so the parents or guardians pick it up. So are you noticing that too when you're working with kids, you're kind of actually working with their family as well? You took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're not just working with the kid anymore. That's why it's different. We're working with the family more so than I probably ever would have done. But yeah, when they're right there, it's like either you use it as like a, ooh, or it can be like a, hey, let's, <laughs> you're sitting right there. Let's, you know, let's all do something, you know, like there's so many different ways to approach it. And it, it is a little off-putting, you know, when I'm doing activities with kids and, you know, the parents right there and they're probably thinking, what the heck does this have to do with anything, you know, but I'm like, the kid knows, I know it serves a purpose, you know, and if the parent's sitting right there and they want to learn, I'll talk to them about it. And then we're all on the same page. So, yeah. That's, um, 
So I was just thinking too now from a, a gen ed teacher's standpoint or somebody who has the classroom full of people, when, when, like when I taught third grade, I tried something called flipped classroom, especially for an entire math unit where the students were learning about a different way to multiply um, the partial products algorithm. And that was during the time where Common Core came and people were freaking out because they just wanted to do the traditional multiplication, you know, sort of thing. And so I tried the flipped classroom where I recorded like a 10 minute lesson and I had a whiteboard, I used um, an app and I sent it home and then when the students came in, I'd work with them actively on the process of multiplying or using manipulatives and such. But I did notice that parents and guardians would email saying, thank you, because now I can understand what the heck they're bringing home and, you know, and help them work through it. So, I mean, just, I'm just putting a plug out there for those people who have the the broad classroom with all the families who are kind of hovering about, that might be something to to think about too for I'm sure some parents especially those who are are really all in with um, their their kids education would be appreciative of that it is it's really I my kids just went to distance learning at their school and I kept thinking about like how hard this is going to be how hard it's going to be to have all three of us at home and you know everybody's zooming and trying to stay you know like I want to be active but I can't be because I'm also in a classroom in a different school on Zoom. And those little recorded messages actually, and like the five or 10 minute breaks that we can take together have been fabulous because even the way that our my fifth grade class teaches math is not what my fourth and seventh grader are doing because you touch on so many of those little tricks or whatever. And they come home and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing I you know it's everything's so different now I can tell you how we did it and I will it's like that there's a meme going on right now of like I think it's like a common core math question or something along those lines and the mom does it at the bottom and she's like I don't got time for this stuff right now like exclamation point <laughs> it's, like, it's like yes sometimes that is just I'm like just do it like this what are we doing? But it's nice to, it is, there are some niceties, like you said, that we can do with this, whether it's emotionally as teachers to be and paras and the, the social workers to be online and have parents look at us and see that we're not raising our voices and screaming at the kids. We're not getting frustrated with them that, you know, I think sometimes kids might go home and be like, oh, Mrs. Johnson is a crazy person and she yells at me all the time. Well, maybe now you'll see Mrs. Johnson isn't really yelling at your kid all the time, but your kid also never has a pencil. And so <laughs> perception of that child is vastly different than what's going on in the classroom. So I myself have been trying to find it, right? It's those little tiny good things about this so that we can keep going every day and keep turning on those zoom classes and you know you can keep hitting a lot of our students Jess you know we you know had such big mountains to climb prior to COVID and now you know the the sand is thrown on top of the mountain so it's just more slick and you know to to keep on trucking for those kids 
for our kids, you know, is what we need to do. So go us. I know uh, Nate and I had talked a little bit, like right in the beginning of the school year, it was actually during PD week about when we go back, like things are different now, things are going to be different, even if we go back, like we're going to have to <laughs> reteach how to be in school, you know, especially for those kindergartners, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, and that's coming from not a teacher, I guess, but I, yeah, I just, even if we go back to normal school, it's not going to be normal. And I think there's just like this immense sense of loss for these kids. I've actually been asking, I started a new check-in with kids today. I've been asking them what they miss and then what they're looking forward to. So kind of like that balance and just some of the answers I've gotten have just blown me away. Like um, I had a girl tell me today that she misses the time between when she would wake up and when she would go to school. Like she would always have like a little bit of time in there to, you know, watch TV, eat breakfast from when she woke up to when they would leave for school. And I'm like, well, you know, couldn't you just wake up a little earlier, you know, like whatever. And she's like, nope, when I wake up, I I wake up and I get on Zoom. It's just those weird things that like, I don't know, you don't really think about, but it's just this huge change. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So you ask, I, I, I'm actually really fascinated by that because that's in the upcoming newsletter. It's kind of a plea for everybody. If you can just do one thing that um, addresses even a little bit more uh, social emotional learning. And really it's not just social emotional learning. It's the mental health and well-being of all of our kids. Check in with them, like, and maybe even make it a regular thing. And even if it, you don't want to devote so much time to it, give them a form or a poll or something so you can start kind of collecting and seeing if there's patterns or maybe noticing that kid who's always like completely down in the dumps or noticing the kid that's like got it going on and can help celebrate that, that sort of a thing. Um, so asking what they miss and then, um, you know, what, what they look forward to. I think that's, that's really good. And I have to ask then, um, so if you, if you could, well, you right now are, if everybody um, will listen to this podcast, if you could share or say, here's one small thing that would make a huge difference. And I know there's not an answer for everything, but if you would be able to say, here's something that you could do that could have a huge impact um, on a student in your classroom. Is there anything other than like, for me, I'm thinking it's that check-in it's the temperature check right off the bat. Um, That's small, but it's so significant because not only does it give you information, but if you do it consistently, it allows that person to really start to recognize what they are feeling rather than just saying, I'm good, you know, and and really thinking about how am I? Yeah, it's it's hard because I feel like I don't want to give... I never want to give teachers another thing to do, especially now, you know, not another email to read, not another activity. You know, it's so hard, even as useful as I think they might be. Um, I actually was reading an article before we got on and um, it was like, uh, pick a student and then pick a time frame. So like say every six minutes and then um, pick like something you want them to be doing. And I don't, I'm not a teacher, so I don't know how it would work over Zoom. This is more for in the classroom, but then you pick that kid and then every six minutes, you know, watch the clock, whatever. And then at the end of that six minutes, are they doing that thing that you had in your mind that you want to see them doing, you know? So 
staying on task. Okay, well, six minutes from now, I'll check. And then if they are, give them a little, hey, I see your, you know, whatever. And they probably don't even realize they're doing it. You know, like, I don't even know what an example would be on Zoom, but yeah, it just, um, maybe I'll send that article out because it was really good. Um, and it actually mentioned in the article, the two by 10 thing that we kind of had done mm-hmm. a little bit last year. Well, maybe we find some way to yeah, reintroduce it. But yeah, I think you're right. If I mean, I, maybe this sounds selfish, but my way of knowing like about these kids was being in school, you know, teachers would come down and talk to me or, you know, I would be bopping around in classrooms and we just so happened to talk about a kid. And then, you know, from there I find out what's going on, but, you know, I think it's that fear of, I don't want to send another email. I don't want to, you know, whatever, but this is me saying, (laughs) if you notice anything, email me, you know, because I have no way of knowing, um, other than joining your zoom call sometimes, but I, I really haven't been doing a lot of that sometimes, but that's just my little plug. You know, connection is so important. And when it's not in person, you know, we have to figure out a way to, to be doing that. And I don't want the teachers to ever feel like I'm not here or supporting them. So that's my, that's my little plug, I guess. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I'm looking at our time and we've, I think like, gone through a half an hour which is so cool because that's how it usually happens as well do you have oh you have yes I, like you have, I hijack- you have something to share <laughs> no I want to hijack your guys's podcast okay just yeah. for like that's part because as I'm listening to these I'm like nobody ever asked you guys questions and maybe you're saving that for another time but I want to ask you guys questions okay <laughs> it's like um so I've been I don't know if you guys have listened at all but Brene Brown does a podcast and I've been listening and her 10 rapid fire questions at the end are stuff you know what I'm talking about I've heard them but that makes me nervous because anything (laughs) that's time for rapid fire makes me makes me sweat even more (laughs) it's as rapid as you want it to be how about that there you go well I'm gonna let Amy go first is that all right are are we are we or are we gonna go back and forth what do you yeah so I want to so there's 10 of them and they're pretty simple questions but I want you to take turns answering them okay okay Question one, fill in the blank. Vulnerability is? Strength. Courage. Good answer. Um, The second question says, you're called to do something brave, but your fear is real and stuck in your throat. What's the first thing you do? I'll go first. Swallow that sucker. Um, yeah, I, I not think is, I, I can, I, it's, I joke, well, and that's not true. I joke about it like a crazy person and tend to like all of my friends will say, I start, I make terrible jokes and then I giggle a lot. And then I just, to keep my mind off of what's, you know, public speaking or whatever the it is, but so yeah, I guess it's terrible jokes and then just do it to it. Yes. Yeah. Public speaking. I think everybody knows that about me by now. <laughs> snakes and public speaking are my, no thanks. Public speaking to snakes. <laughs> <laughs> she is not a snake charmer. I won't, I won't be there. <laughs> okay. Number three, what is something that people often get wrong about you? Um, I think people, some people 
That, it's really, that is a hard question because at school, I think some people might think I'm quiet, but I'm really, really quite loud. But people that know me in real life know that like, I talk a lot or I don't have a problem talking, but I also am guarded. Like I think a lot of what you said just made a lot of sense to me because I don't do a lot of talking unless I feel like what I have to say is knowledgeable to the people that I am speaking to. Yes, that is so me. I just told someone today, I'm like, I don't really speak unless I'm like spoken to first. Like, and I know that sounds so strange, but that's exactly what you just said. That's cool. Mine is the op- kind of the opposite. And I know I referenced it before, but I think people might assume that I'm an extrovert, but I put on a really good falsity with that. I got to learn how to do that for sure. <laughs> Number four is not as deep. What is the last show you binged and loved? Game of Thrones. I am. Oh, <laughs> I'm currently watching all like 20 bazillion seasons of Law and Order SVU. <laughs> Ooh, that's a classic. And yeah, I started back when we were packing. I was trying to find something when we before we bought the house to keep my mind busy, but I didn't really have to watch because I had watched them in the 90s or whenever that came out. And then I was like, well, I'm here and Hulu has all 20 seasons, I think 22 seasons. So I'm on season 18 right now. That's incredible. I can't even make this story up. My sister and I were such big fans of that show when we were like, we were young. We wrote a letter to Mariska Hargitay. She sent back (laughs) an autographed picture. I'm not making this up. I wonder if we still have it. I would love that. Yes, I am addicted. My family is like, they can hear the music. And I was like, turn it down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. So if you looked like you were going to say something, yeah. Well, I, I was going to, I was going to say bird walk real quick. Um, so I, we don't have, we have smart TVs. Like I, people think that I'm a techie nerd, but here in my house, we have channels four, five, nine, and 11. And all we do is watch movies. We don't have any sort of a streaming service or anything. And we just made the move to drop cable and to move to streaming. And so I feel like the new kid on the block trying to learn all of the language for all of this because we're not, I have no idea. So I might be uh, talking with y'all later because I have no idea what to do or what to get. Yeah, for sure. It's overwhelming at first, but yeah, we haven't had TV TV in a long time. It's the best decision ever. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the next one? Oh, what's a movie you really love? super troopers <laughs> it's hilarious it's hilarious I did not expect that one but I love <laughs> I'm covering my mouth like the monkey <laughs> I can't believe I just said that but it's hilarious I love that movie oh it's really like um so say anything probably from like the 80s He's, you know and then John Cusack holds the boom box above his head that is what our first dance was at our wedding a friend wore a trench coat and he held a boom box <laughs> and played so Peter sweet. Gabriel and we danced for our first dance of our wedding. So awesome. yeah, I'm a little nerdy about every 80s movie I think ever made. Iconic. <laughs> okay. Number six, what's a concert you'll never forget? 
You want to go first? Go you first? go ahead, Amy. Um, well, the first concert I ever went to was uh, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and Faith No More. <laughs> so I suppose I'll probably never forget that. I've seen a, lots and lots and lots of shows I spent of my 19s and 20s doing that, but that's the first one I was ever at, so I probably won't ever forget that. Cool. Um, so uh, mine is right. Uh, uh, mine isn't <laughs> a. Um, I've been to three, and I'll just name them off real quick. So Pentatonics were amazing. The Trans Siberian Orchestra was amazing, and then there's this group called Stomp, and they were my first concerts that I went to, and they create just percussion on everything. They used brooms to sweep the stage to create beats, and it was the most amazing thing I had ever seen at that time. So those were the three that were huge for me that I guess you could say are music related, but not necessarily concerts. I love that. That's awesome. I remember watching like videos of the stomp thing when I was in school. Yeah. Choir. I was a choir, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a good singer. So I was going to ask you to just (laughs) don't think that for one second. I'm a good singer in my car. Um, What's your favorite meal? Ooh. Um, I'm a good German girl. I like sausage and sauerkraut and mashed potatoes covered with mustard. And it's been my favorite meal since I've been like four years old. Mustard on your mashed potatoes? Yeah, with the with the sauerkraut all together. Yum. But the sound you just made sounded <laughs> like a can of ready whip. So it's gonna be like, and you go. <laughs> Family makes the exact same face step when I eat like sauerkraut out of the like can of the refrigerator cold with like dipped in mustard. They give me that same face that you just did there. You know, I say I'll try anything once, but I think once is enough to know like sauerkraut. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, for me, I really don't have a favorite. I, I guess when I eat, um, have a choice, I would prefer anything that is high in pasta, carbs, <laughs> sort of a thing. But other than that, I'm pretty open and I love trying new foods. I think that's um, really fun to do to see what kinds of tastes and different things there are. Okay, three more. Number eight, what's on your nightstand right now? <laughs> I, have, I, have a dif- I have a diffuser some Kleenex. Oh, and I think that's it. Yeah, pretty basic. You ladies, my computer is on this nightstand. I am looking at it. You are on my nightstand (laughs) along with my uh, trusty bottle of water right here and then a lamp. So Love it. Okay, number nine, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Um, I, I like at the end of the day, laying in bed and like the kids will kind of pop in and say, we'll do like a little cuddle time. And then the dogs are, I have two dogs and two cats. So there's my husband and I call it like, we're surrounded by love where everybody just kind of piles in together. And then after like five minutes, I'm like, all right, everybody get out. (laughs) I need my space. But I like those little check-ins, the like little surrounded by love moments throughout the day. 
and then space. That's cool. Um, my snapshot that I look forward to every day, I pick out a book and as a family, we read through it together. So we did the hate you give and just finished that, that <laughs> for all of you who are like in teaching and, and bringing in chapter books, you read before you bring them in to, <laughs> to read out loud. It's one of those things where, I mean, 13 and 10 year olds. So they, they were, for the most part, they were able to understand some of those, um, adults topics and concepts um, but now we're reading the book thief and so I love love that we all pile on the couch together and we just sit and then I read and then we talk about what it is that we read for that particular time I borrowed that book to one of our paras actually at school because she was like do you have any books I need books and I have a whole bookshelf downstairs and I'm like that is hands down one of my favorite books the book awesome. thief we're only in the first four chapters oh, or the author okay. writes beautifully, um, but it is to the point where we need to talk about what it is that's happening um, because it is, it's quite complex. So, but it's mm -hmm. been amazing so far. Great book. Last question. What is one thing you're deeply grateful for right now? Oh, I am. I'm deep. I'm deeply grateful for um, the space that we have at our house um, we moved out to the country and I'm very happy that we are here and settled in and it gives my family stuff to do during these times of COVID and it's, it's nice that everybody can feel like they can spread out a little bit after being so cooped in. We're more secluded, but I feel like we have more, more, more space, less seclusion. <laughs> because we're not, you know, it just, it feels nice. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I am deeply grateful that I am able to be here when one of my kiddos is full distance learning and one of my kiddos is hybrid learning and they both struggle a little bit with the different learning models. And so I'm so incredibly grateful that I can be here and simultaneously do what I need to do, but I'll also support them. Amen to that. I love it. Thanks for letting me uh, steal some air. <laughs> Your time, as you can tell, you can just like edit the first half of this, just cut that out and <laughs> I'm a way better listener than I am a talker, so. <laughs> that was fabulous. I appreciate it. And that's funny because in a way, um, that was a surprise. Like I wouldn't have guessed that, but I think that that is something that is so unique about you that like, like we said, you're that this, <laughs> those of you who can't see what I'm doing, it's that beneath the surface and you found a way to actually fill our cups, you know? I mean, the, the, so that was really cool. Thank you for bringing that and doing that with us. Yeah. I hear it. I listened to that podcast. That's like, my moment of joy. <laughs> I learned so much from that podcast and I wish everyone would listen to it. But yeah, I hear those questions and I'm like, you know what? We should do that. So yeah, that's a great plug for her too. Cause um, yeah, I would say anybody who really is looking for maybe a little bit of fulfillment just needs to tune in to one of her podcasts and you'll walk away just kind of maybe smiling or thinking about things a little differently. Yeah. I think there's something for everyone. She does all sorts of topics. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to edit any of that out. Um, like I said, <laughs> and we appreciate it. So thanks to those of you for um, listening to Picking Up Chicken Wings podcast today with 
Jess Sowers. Um, I am going to say, Amy, we, oh, we have one person who is on deck and a couple people who had um, agreed to it when we reached out to them. But if anybody's listening right now and sees how easy it is just to sit and talk and be able to share and the things that you can learn from your colleagues, um, reach out to either me or Amy and we'll get you on the calendar. Take care, everybody. We'll talk soon.